Hello punters, welcome back for another edition of Off The Map, the weekly Racing New South Wales Speed Map podcast. This week we'll be previewing Bondi Stakes Day out there at Randwick. Hello to you, Lee Dalton. Good morning, Brad. Obviously, uh, it's grand final week in both of the football codes, but we've had our grand final last week with the Everest. But take nothing away from this meeting, we've still got some high-quality races, uh, headlined, of course, by the Bondi. But um, once upon a time, by this stage of the spring, things had dropped away. But now with the revamped Everest Carnival, we're still kicking along and we're obviously seven days out from a Golden Eagle. So the festivities still continue and good racing continues. That's right. We all had a bit of an Everest hangover there come Monday, but we're back up and about again. Hopefully we can push the punters into a couple of winners by finding where these horses might map in their respective races and how these races might be run. So there's no better place to start than the top. Uh, This is a two-year-old race, so you certainly earn your crust, Lee, in terms of mapping a race like this because there's only one horse with a race start, the rest of them, off the barrier trials. Very difficult. Of course, the beauty here is that the one we have seen at the race is Total Babe from the Waterhouse Bot Stable is our leader, uh, has the race experience, has a good draw, so should be able to hold the lead. Uh, Gay and Adrian, of course, have two others engaged in this, which will both race on pace, but I doubt either of them could challenge uh, Total Babe for the lead. Uh, Jumbo Girl was an interesting one. Jumbo Girl from the uh, Moore Stable was really uh, restrained in the, in the trial and not asked to do anything. I would imagine from Barrier 1 with Nash riding, they're right on the speed here in the first half a dozen. I wouldn't think we'll be back where we saw in the trial and uh, could have a stack of ability on what it looked like in the trial. Yeah, so what do we do with a horse like Muramura uh, from the wide draw there? Showed a bit of speed, uh, ran time in its trial. It looks a little bit sticky from the wide draw, doesn't it? It does. has a really good on-pace rider in Tim Clark booked and uh, they have to be positive early and I would imagine look for a spot just with cover behind the leaders. I wouldn't have thought can take the OSL spot away from the Waterhouse running in Bahahaha. <laughs> I think you put one too many in, but we'll, we'll leave that one alone. As far as Tanzamat goes, now this is a Godolphin horse. Uh, it was hard to tell exactly what was under the engine or in the engine as far as she goes, but I think the, the camp have a reasonable opinion of her. Have they got no other choice but to take their medicine from the wide draw and go back? I wouldn't have thought so. Uh, they're a hard stable to get a read on with the early two-year-old trials. Um, I do tend to have James stamped as a wide draw, barring it being a complete speed machine to ride on the conservative side. Yeah. Maybe could find a spot three wide midfield with cover, uh, but I don't think you were going to see it gunned early in the piece to try and get right up on in any speed battles. Yeah, okay. So from what I can gather, the only real confidence you can have as far as mapping these is that Total Babe is going to be in the first two and the rest will just sort themselves out. That's more or less it. Uh, we saw our president uh, get a little way back in a trial and run on, but obviously it's Chris Waller, it's Barrier 2. They'll look to use that good drawing. He can hold a spot midfield. Um Again, you know you're working with a uh, above-average tempo as a rule when it comes to these 1,000-metre early two-year-old races. All right, race three on the card is the Brian Crowley Stakes. This is a fascinating little race, not only because the market is so cramped at the top end, but because there's a few potential horses here that could go on to bigger and better things. A lot of these, they're dipping their toe in the water as far as the first time in a black-type race. One of those is the Bopper. Now, he is largely known as a speed horse, but interesting enough... When you look at the race in New South Wales speed map you've done for this particular race, and you can get them off the website, uh, you've got him settling fourth. I think he'll take a sit. 
my personal opinion was wasn't so well suited first up there at Canterbury leading in that race and I think uh, it's going to be a much better horse uh, ridden with a suit and especially in a race like this where there looks to be genuine tempo with Tim Clark sawling Private Cheetah across the lead, Ocean Emperor holding a spot uh, and I assume Ballistic Lover goes forward. I thought the bopper could just be in a trailing position here and we did see first start in a race uh, at Tamworth in that uh, uh, big race went... Uh, around the midfield and ran on from there and was electrifying, beating Zorro Cat, who has got ability. So my say is the bopper's going to be you know, a bit better suited here, ridden with a sit. OK, for those punters looking at this race, you can fall into the trap sometimes of thinking small field, uh, not a great deal of tempo. However, a lot of these who are hard in the market are generally second half of the field. They do look suited despite the small, the small, uh, the small field, I should say. For sure, and it means a horse like Destination, who's drawn down in two, uh, at the 1,200 metres, doesn't have to get a mile back and is well within striking range here. Ditto on the lead, and I've mapped Tommy Gold last, but it has got Nashville Willer, and it's, it's definitely not stamped a complete back marker, but something has to be back in this field. That's where I settled on that, but I, I'm no way saying Tommy Gold going forward is going to be a, a get-back run on horse, so I think we'll see Tommy use the barriers in the future at 12, 1400. Yeah, I think he's a pretty handy horse. He's probably the one looking at the market as it stands that's probably been forgotten a little bit about, so I think he's got scope, but a lot of these have the same kind of progressive nature about them. Race four uh, is the Falante Handicap. Uh, this is an interesting map as far as Creoderis goes. Now, he is a horse with a boom on him. Uh, he's very short. He's in the red. Where do you see him getting in the run and how this potentially plays out for him? Well, I think there'll be really good speed earlier. Fast tempo early. Cuba will use the inside gate to go forward and lead. Uh, wasn't able to last time down south at Caulfield. Uh, did draw a bit wide there, but Nash back on. Cuba will be leading. Arkadema sits up outside, uh, not too different to the run at Caulfield in the weekend hustle last time out. Spencer is back in distance, 2,100 to 1,400, but has 52 kilos, so they're going to use the good draw as well. That should see the field stretch out nicely, and I think the uh, the short price favourite can find a spot midfield and settle in front of the two stable mates in Rainier and Duke of Alentimois. As far as the top end of this race, Arkadimus and Cuba both ran in the same race in Melbourne last start, and Arkadimus was the one who was stamped urgent and crossed Cuba quite comfortably. Do you think that's the same here, or do you think Cuba's more likely to punch up and, and try and hold the front this time? I think with Nashville Willie going back on Cuba, Cuba will be kicking up here to hold the lead for sure, and um, that's Cuba's best chance of winning this race. But obviously, um, dropped out and was beaten nearly five lengths there in Melbourne, whereas Arkadimus was a really good run. Uh, so I'd say there'll be real intent here with Cuba to hold the lead from the good draw. Yeah, they ran along at a, a good clip there in Melbourne, so Arkadimus's run was, was probably even better than what it, it looked to the eye. I did note that John Thompson said throughout the week that Cuba, for, for whatever reason, these, some horses just have funny little patterns, and generally he just doesn't perform at all second up, but then he comes and, and bounces out of that and generally does his best work third up. So maybe he can be a little bit forgiving with his last run uh, and, and certainly go off his first run where it was a pretty encouraging return. Absolutely, but I suppose the bottom line of the race is that there will be the genuine tempo there that can see the, um, the, the, the one with all the upside and 52 kilos running on and being strong late. And as I say, uh, Creoderis does not have to go all the way back to last here if they don't wish to. All right, the staying race on the card is race five, the club's New South Wales City Tats Club Cup, over 2,400 metres. How do these sort themselves out as far as a map goes? 
bit of a lack of speed, really. Uh, Knight's order we haven't seen much of, but it's from the Waterhouse Bot Stable. Went forward to Port Macquarie, first up in the Cup, with Winona Costin on him, 53 kilos. It's our leader. Uh, obviously, Rondonella's on the quick backup. Was a change of tactics last week to be more forward and uh, achieved that by getting up into the outside the lead spot. I assume positive again here, identical uh, rider. And I expect an attention run to be the one that settles a lot closer than what we saw last time out. Was slow to begin there in the Metropolitan, then found some trouble mid-race as well on top of that. Uh, just put a pen right through that. Go on the Newcastle Cup run behind Mugger 2, who punches around the Cox Plate tomorrow. We saw a tension run race on speed there. And I'd imagine here, Barrier 3, Jason Collett, gets up running second, third early here. All right, a horse like Rondinella, do you think she's better ridden a little bit further back in the field? Because you're right, she was a lot closer last time out, but she just punctured, didn't she? But her form prior to that seemed to be a little bit better, so maybe they do err in terms of riding her a bit more conservatively. But as you say, it's hard to find another horse that's going to, to park in behind Knight's Order. For sure. Um, I suppose the other thing is, on the quick backup, Rondinella steps back to the 2,400 metres, so... Maybe that 2,000-metre run will knock a bit of the freshness out of her and uh, is looking for the 2,400 again. When you are looking for a one that can land a little bit closer, maybe Naval Warfare with the blinkers first time, but um, his form's pretty exposed. A seven-year-old previously here with Chris Wallace, so I said it could be in an off-pace position, but I wouldn't have thought it'd be challenging the leaders by any means. Could they give Girl Tuesday a dig from Barrier 1? Ah... Uh, Possibly, like last time out, that was a mid-race move to go up and race on speed in the Metropolitan. Yes, Nash is aggressive. I wouldn't have thought any closer than midfield. I just I feel those horses like Girl Tuesday and Scarlet Dream, who's got the blinkers off and the wide draw, they just they have to get back into those positions. Yeah, we've certainly seen plenty of of these horses in the past. Not a lot of them win out of turn, so it's a tricky little race for the punters. Yes, generally map is a big factor and I suppose 100%. that's where you, you look through and you give uh, the leader a ticket and tonight's order who knows how much they can improve first up to second up when they're um, with a new stable here in Australia and you give attention run a big tick as well yeah no doubt alright the day's feature is the bar 83 Bondi stakes worth a million clams to the winner uh, so here we have a setup where Peltzer is going to find himself somewhere thereabouts a lot of people will be looking at the Stan Fox as the logical lead up and I think rightly so the difference here is that I don't think Peltzer's going to get it all his own way in front no my big note at the top of this race is they will be very wary of Tim Clark controlling this because if that occurs Peltzer's obviously at this stage of their careers, the, the best, uh, the best colt, the best uh, three-year-old in this. So, I think every jockey will be going out there with the mindset that we do not let Clark control. When it comes to who's going to put the pressure on, I've mapped Eliza Beale in front. Uh, Stewart's questioned Jason Collett last week. So just got a little bit further back than anticipated, and he did say he thought he'd be right behind the leaders there. Now steps to 1,600 metres. Um, John Sargent, obviously comes into his own when they get to a mile and 2,000 metres, so I thought it's a candidate for the lead. The other possible leader here looks to be uh, aquaphobic from the John O'Shea stable. Uh, it's got a few uh, flashing lights when it comes to the map. It's got Winkers first time, it's got Nash, it's got Barrier 1, and it gets to the mile. So I'd imagine it's there kicking right up. If Eliza Bill didn't want to lead, maybe even we could see her aquaphobic lead. Alright, what about a horse like Street Dancer? Now, he went really hard in the spring champion uh, led that field 
he's drawn 10 here. He's back in trip. He's drawn widest. Have they got any other alternative but to push the button and come across? Oh, I think they're definitely positive, but I don't know if they can go with those horses that are stepping up in distance and drawn softer early. Okay. Uh, even when Street Dancer won the uh, the class one there at Newcastle, was able to lead. They really didn't go any tempo. Uh, next time out was there early with Love Tap, raced on speed and went well, but just coming back from the 2,000 metres, I don't think has the speed to get across here. So listening to you, I get the impression that there's there's some chance that a few of these take each other on to some extent. It could go the other way and they all look at each other and, and back off, but there is some kind of chance that there's a bit of tempo, a bit of heat up front here. Well, it's as we discuss quite often, uh, the races that you mark slow or average, everyone has that in their mind and they say, well, I'm not going to sit back of a slow tempo or I'm yeah. going to chance the arm today and we end up with a, an above average tempo. Uh, look, if it works out that way, the horse that plays into the hands to is Prime Star, who probably everyone had a query over getting to the 1500 last time out and knocked that query right on the head. Barrier 8 here is irrelevant. Tommy Barry will just come back and uh, let Prime Star balance up and there's no reason to think the mile will stop. And if they do overdo it up front, Prime Star and uh, Nemanzo, who looks to be a real big beast of a thing, um, uh, can be the ones that are running on really strongly late here. Yeah, interesting enough, when you look at the sectionals from the Stan Fox, Prime Star's fastest 200-metre split at any point in the race was between the 4 and the 200-metre. Generally, it's early when they're having to work to find a spot, but his acceleration was brilliant. I thought he just peaked on his run maybe the last 50 metres or so, but now that run under the belt, he was 1,200 to 15. You're right, I think he is the one that looks to play into his hands if they carve each other up. For sure, you have to forgive one stepping from 1,200 to 1,500 being a little bit wobbly late. Uh, that'll have just tighten him right up, and I dare say but this horse uh, was able to capture the, the Millennium, the $2 million Millennium back in uh, February this year, and... Uh, it's most likely being targeted towards this race. They would have seen the million-dollar prize money and saying, well, right, we'll get you to the mile in order to give ourselves the best chance of cashing in on these big big money races that are now available. So it's probably a masterful move from the Freedman's table. All right, race seven on the card is for the Mayors. The Nivison over 1,200 metres. A few of these coming back in trip. Uh, as we send, tend to say each and every week with these mayor races, sometimes it's the, well, quite often, it's run-of-the-race stuff that decides because there's often a clump of them in the finish. How do you sort these out as far as tempo goes? Well, again, we've got Nash and an inside draw, which can provide us with our leader, Sweet Deal, back from 1,400 to 12, but was able to lead early in that Hawbury on her Scirocco stakes. Uh, so Nash will use the draw there. I've got Blazing Mist coming across from a wide draw here. Drew... Uh, nine but I think can overcome that was able to lead over a thousand metres first up and Blazing Miss is the one that brings a bit of a different form line to this race um, obviously stepping up in distance against quite a few who are coming back in trip uh, so I think they'll be super positive Robbie Doolan's a, a positive rider and that also gives a theory the chance to settle in a beautiful spot uh, with Blazing Mist drawn to a theory's outside can just work across and land probably in the one by one here and uh, get all the favours. And positive piece, so she is a mare that's the mile back to 1200 metres but she's pretty speedy uh, and I note that you've got her still parking just in behind them. I think can still be in an on pace role. Uh, Ryder thought got the tongue over the bit last time out and the tongue tie goes on. Uh, you just got to be so wary. If she was to capture her autumn form, well, 
we know how good she was in the autumn and probably we haven't seen the best of her in the spring but I think back to 1,200 is not a big issue. can still be racing forward of midfield here without much worries. If there's a question mark over one of these as far as the map goes, is it seasons? Because we've seen her race back, race forward. She's drawn wide here. You've got her going back in your map, but would you be surprised if they pushed the button and tried to slot in? I would be in this race, just... Uh, wide no cover last time you don't want to repeat of that off a super run first up where just needs to get the room a little bit soon, sooner uh, my thinking is here let's not even risk getting caught wide the speed's on, uh, we're back in trip let's just come back, take our medicine from the drawer and be strong late and, um, Seasons is a versatile mare so I don't think there's any knock on her by going back off the drawer either Before we move on, just on Sweet Dale, I did note that John Thompson said throughout the week that he thinks Sweet Dale is best ridden when she's just parked in behind a speed. Now, you would have seen enough of her as well in your time covering racing New South racing in New South Wales. Do you think that's the best way to ride her? Or do you think they're better off just punching up and holding the front and trying to dictate? I think from a good draw you don't waste it. That's always my thinking. and um, It tends to be the thinking of, of Sydney and Australia's premier trainer and Chris Waller as well. Use good draws, uh, plan B and C when you draw a little bit wide, but never waste the barrier. We hear Chris say that all the time, and uh, it's something that really resonates with me and something I'm always thinking when I map these races. Good draw, good rider, don't waste it. Yep. Fair enough. All right, race eight is one of the deepest benchmark 88s I've ever seen. We've lost Yao Dash. How does that affect the map? Because he was the stamp leader. Mm, it's problematic for sure. Uh, I would have much preferred Yao Dash go around here. We have an average tempo because outside of Yao Dash, there was no real leaders engaged here. It could come back to a slow tempo. Uh, look, at the end of last prep, we saw in and up uh, race on speed from a wide draw and was probably unsuited or maybe came to the end of uh, the preparation there. Had the one trial this time in, raced on pace there, got Brock Ryan on. He's a candidate for the lead, but I don't think it'd be completely suited. Uh, I'll probably end up with Hilo as my leader here. The blinkers go back on again. Barrier one, Rachel King. Uh, had to go right back in that uh, race last time out behind a theory. Even if not leading here, Hilo's going to be running in the first three or four, I'd imagine, uh, and getting all the favours up on speed in a race that's going to suit those on pace. Yeah, OK. What about a horse like Bound to Win? Now, she led last start, but she didn't do her best work, so... You're probably right in mapping her with a sit here. I think they'll be trying to just tuck in behind. I think they'll try and tuck in. Comes back from the 1,400, but probably unluckily for them, strikes a, a, a 1,200 without much speed on paper. They would have liked to see them really rip along here and let down to win switch off. Uh, you've got Outrageous, who draws well, can probably use the barrier, possibly Edison. And we saw Superium get well back over the 1,000 metres there, first up with the big weight, and all the momentum was stopped between the 400 and the 200 before being strong late. 1,200 metres, good track, good draw, can be closer, and plenty of ticks there for uh, Superium, who we know has got well above average ability, just probably hasn't entirely fulfilled it to date. But on top of the ground, I think we'll see a, a much better effort than what we saw in a couple of 1,200 metre runs in the winter. All right, and for punters who have got their eyes on a horse like Pandemic, who's hard in the market, but with a pretty established pattern, and he's drawn wide, and on a similar note, through the cracks, who we know gets back and floods home, the Provincial Championships winner, they look disadvantaged the way this race could potentially be run. Absolutely. I don't think either of that pair can settle... Uh much more forward than off midfield. Uh, I don't see that either stable would take them out of their comfort zones either. Uh, it, it is going to make it very difficult to make ground, barring any 
uh, pattern to the outside. Maybe we will have got some rain by then. I know storms are forecast tomorrow, so that's probably the one kicker there that might bring those uh, that pair into the race if there is a little bit of rain about and we get some sort of uh, run-on bias. Yeah, through the cracks and in and up are both going towards the Hunter, so we can to see what they do off a, off a little break. Uh, the last race we're going to look at is the last. Uh, this is over the mile. How do you see them setting up as far as the tempo goes? Stack of speed in this, and it's all drawn wide. We've got uh, Navy Cross 1400 out to the mile going forward. Petronius has the blinkers going back on, so there's only one way there, go forward. Uh, and you've even got Ulbasaba from the Waterhouse Stable. Does contest this first off, but first up, but from uh, Barrier 16 and Rachel King has to push forward. Uh, in Vince Acano led last time out from the Joe Pride stable. Can tuck in behind the speed here. And you have to assume that, as per usual, the intention with Ice Bath is to be closer. Maybe at a mile they can carry that out because it's been a real frustrating prep. I think every start, the intent's been there to race a lot closer, but just keeps getting set too big a task, too big a task. And maybe today everything might fall into place because from the soft draw, there is a spot there right behind the speed which Ice Bath could take. Up. Yeah, she's been costly to punters, but you're right, she does map to certainly get a chance. I guess there's a little query on her at the end of a, a strong mile, especially one that's going to be truly run. We have seen her over the trip in the past, the Kembla Grange Classic, and she went okay, albeit in a blanket finish, but it's coming to D-Day for her. On Invinciano, an interesting note with her, when you dig back through her form, she seems to be one of those control freaks. She's won five races, and they've all come from leading or sitting outside the lead, and I think that's part due to her being a big, strong, momentum kind of a horse. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try and push the button on her as well. Yeah, well, that'll just um, add even more spice into this. So you can guarantee uh, we might have been struggling to find some tempo in race eight, but race nine, there won't be any issues in uh, uh, the speed early. They're going to really run along. Uh, probably a tricky one is Fortress Command. Um, it was a terrific winning first up, coming back from those strong uh, three-year-old races in the autumn, the, the Packer Plate and the Tullock, uh, even ran in the Ramwick Guineas. It was a nice ride there from Nash from Barrier 7 to be able to slot in with a couple behind. Today from Barrier 17 with the brutal tempo, I imagine has to come back, but um, he, he, he's a, such a good rider, Nash, he, he'll... he'll offset that as best as he can all right that'll just about do us hopefully the punters get something out of that and can and can back a couple of winners on your insights there lee dalton thank you for joining us my name is brad gray you've been listening to the racing new south wales off the map podcast we'll be back here again same place same time to look at golden eagle meeting can't wait brad it's going to be a terrific race it is it's shaping up beautiful so we'll talk next week in a bit more detail